Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yo, yo, away we go. Hour number two of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Joining us an hour 20 from now, Mike the Situation from the Jersey Shore will join us in studio. Looking forward to talking about his book, Reality Check, on how he overcame addiction. So we'll chat it up. As uh, Jersey Shore is actually one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I think some people are surprised when I say that. Uh, Sopranos is number one for me. Uh, I'm a big Entourage fan as well. I love 24 with Jack Bauer. Um, And Curb Your Enthusiasm is amazing. But I'm also a sucker for dumb, mindless television. And I watched the Jersey Shore as a kid. Continue to watch it now. With Jersey Shore Family uh, Vacation, as that's the uh, new version of the show when you get a little bit older. And the other show that I love, and this is actually like my my guilty pleasure show. where this is, the, this is the show if someone says, what's one show that you watch that you're probably afraid to admit? And the only reason I started to watch it, because one of our colleagues uh, two years ago was on the show for a season. And that is Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber and his wife Tracy were on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So to be a good company guy and to know about all the good scuttlebutt going around the office and we at the water cooler, people are talking about uh, Tiki Barber on Real Housewives of New Jersey. I started watching the show and I thought the show was so entertaining just with these uh, gals from Jersey, these housewives from Jersey just yelling and fighting and going at one another. And I'm more team uh, Melissa Gorga uh, than uh, Teresa Judice. Uh, I think Melissa's in the right and Teresa's just wrong and she's like a, a vile, nasty uh, human being. But... Even when Tiki and his wife were no longer on the show, I don't know if they didn't get invited back or they just didn't want to do it anymore. And probably Tiki was like, yeah, I'm good dealing with all these crazy people. I still have watched the show and I'm in this awkward waiting period because of uh, Teresa and Melissa going at it and they won't film together. Or I don't know when the uh, next episode and the next season of Real Housewives of New Jersey will pop up. So, Stu, I'm sure you have like a uh, a guilty pleasure kind of watching show, a show that... You watch that we would not expect Stuart Kovacs to, to watch. What's that show for you? Uh, Bachelor and Bachelorette. I like oh, both of them. You? Very much so, yes. Did you watch that show before you had a girlfriend? No. That's she what, got yep. me into it, and I am not only do I sit there and watch, I am into it. There's also a show that every girl loves now. It's called Big Brother, and I think it's been around for years. It's been this competition type of show, but I was at a friend's 30th birthday party, and everyone's girlfriend was talking about this show uh, Big Brother. 
And I thought Big Brother, you know, the, the times I have watched it recently um, has been a, a, a pretty good show and a, and a fun competition show. But there's not as much drama and as stupidity as there is on uh, Jersey Shore and also The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So that's right. And The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, The Bachelor, too. Wasn't there something with The Bachelor, The Bachelorette a few years ago where there was some big controversy that the person that won didn't really love the person or something like that? That or... might have been before I started watching. Oh, a little yeah. bit before your time. A season oh, before. <laughs> th- there was also a show called Love Island. And Love Island, I watched. Um, this gal that I was seeing at the time was really big into uh, Love Island. So I, I started watching the show. And uh, it was this guy, Grant, his last name was Crap. And I forget what the girl's name was. But they were like this item, this couple. And then it came out that when they won, the guy, Grant, had a girlfriend back at home. So it was one of those things like they fell in love you love this couple. You wanted to see them succeed. And most of these couples do not succeed. And they end like a few weeks after the show or a few few months after the show. And I was so invested, so invested in this show. Like, I, I love this show. The show was awesome. It was wonderful. And it was a, a big time commitment. There were like 30 episodes and they were an hour each. And then you find out like a week after that this guy had a girlfriend back at home. And I got so obsessed with the show because I watched the reunions and all that, but then they did interviews and as well with like foreign radio stations and things like that. I'd be watching the interviews and then there would be like tell all uh, interviews coming out and things like that. And it ended up being a big farce. Uh, the girl's name was, uh, was Taylor. That was the girl it was Taylor and, and Grant crap. And I think Taylor now is married and, and has a kid or is pregnant or something like that. Just following her on social media. And this guy, Grant crap uh, just made a crappy mood. And got on the show, he won, and he got all this publicity. And little did we all know, he didn't really love this girl, Taylor. He had a girlfriend at home. So that has always made me watch this reality uh, TV shows with a little bit of a grain of salt. I I know it's kind of like wrestling, where you know there's a script and you know there's an act and something along those lines. But with that being said, you would think there would be some sense of, of integrity that you're going on that show to to try to find some love and not actually have a girlfriend at home that was like this this hidden secretive girlfriend just so you could get on the show and promote whatever crap you were trying to uh, promote. So those are some of my uh, guilty uh, TV uh, shows that I end up watching, guilty pleasure TV shows. Now, uh, there's been other versions of Love Island and things like that, but 30 episodes, an hour long each still. Uh, that's where I drew the line in the sand. It's a big like, commitment. I was like, oh, you want to watch the next season? No, I'm good. <laughs> Never contact me again. <laughs> this has been like too 10, much of a life uh, investment. You can watch like 10 football games in that uh, span. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I did last night? Oh, this shows you how much of a loser I am. I got home. There was nothing on television last night. And I mean nothing. And I'm not watching this in-season tournament in the NBA. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't get all excited. I'm not a cheesy... Uh, radio host that gets on the air and's like, hey, did you see that great in-season tournament? Oh, it's awesome. Give us a call. Please, please, please. 855-212-4CBS. How about that in-season tournament? No, that, that's not me. So I saw that uh, Fox was re-airing the game between Michigan and Ohio State, and I said, all right, I was in the stadium. Let me see how it was on television. So I spent three hours last night, and uh, I was watching um, – I was watching uh, the the game between Ohio State and Michigan. And game was a lot closer than what I remember in the state <laughs> when you were watching on television. I never thought Michigan was going to lose the game until they recovered 
uh, Ohio State recovered the the fumble that they they had off their own catch, and then they were at the forty something yard line, and then boom! Right after that, the biggest play of the game, the interception was. It's actually crazy. The two biggest plays in that game, or two of the bigger plays in that game, both happened after long delays. When Zach, the offensive lineman, got hurt, and it, and I hope he's all right, and he had the the fractured, uh, uh, they had the leg injury, the break, the uh, the tibia and fibula uh, with the with the leg injury, and I was hoping that he, that he's okay, and you know he got the surgery and all that, and is is hoping to make a speedy recovery. But there was a long layoff there, and everyone in the stadium was chanting, "Let's go, Zach! Let's go, Zach!" Let's go, Zach, in the stadium. And my friend, who is as drunk as a skunk, starts taking out the camera and recording me. And I'm like, oh, this is just an awkward moment. This guy's down on the field injured. And my friend's laughing because they're all chanting, let's go, Zach, in the stadium. And he knows what my first name is. But right after that, the next play was the Blake Corum touchdown. And then after the review of the catch and the fumble that was recovered by Ohio State, the next play was the interception to end the game by Moore. Uh, for the uh, Michigan Wolverines. So that was something that just stood out last night. All righty. Anyway, it is a Wednesday on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Let's get to a little Take 5 Wednesday. As the dust settles from last week's games, it's time to look at which teams are rising and which are falling. And there's an interception. Zach ranks his top five NFL and college football teams on this week's edition of Take 5, only on the Zach Gelb Show. All right, let's start in the NFL world. I think some people are going to be surprised by this one. But welcome back to the top five, the drama, Dallas, choking Cowboys. Because the Cowboys do what the Cowboys do. They beat up on these lowly, awful teams, and then when they play a good team, they choke. Dallas wins on Thanksgiving 45-10. to 10. The game was never a contest. And this year in the NFL, there's not a lot of great teams. And Dallas isn't a great team, but when there aren't many great teams, you could have a Okay, good team. Sneak into the top five, and that's what you have here with the Dallas Cowboys making an appearance in at number five. Dallas has a great defense. Their offense is humming right now. McCarthy's a better coach than what people give him credit for. But with that being said, I still don't trust the Dallas Cowboys because in their two biggest games of the year, I know they played well up against Philadelphia, but Cowboys fans, you still lost. And then you got smacked around by the San Francisco 49ers, 42-10. to 10. Your wins this year... The Giants twice, the Jets, you did lose to the Cardinals. You beat the Chargers, you beat the Rams, you beat the Panthers, and you beat the Commanders. So they still have not defeated an above 500 team. That's a problem. Now you got some big games coming up here. Seattle, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit and the Commanders to end the season. So you have an opportunity to prove that you belong with the big boys. But for right now, you're close but still very far, but you're in the top five. Number four, it's the Kansas City. How about those Chiefs? Could have beat Philadelphia, but didn't. And then it looked like they got off to a slow start, and they were getting off to a slow start up against Stu's Raiders. Stu, I almost texted you on Sunday when I was in the press box in Philadelphia, but then I said to myself, I can't text Stu after an early Raiders lead because you probably know the Chiefs are going to come back, and I didn't want to be that guy that just texts you when something's going well and then not follow through when the game goes the other way. (laughs) I didn't want to give you like any false hope. Not that I thought you were probably thinking they were going to win the game, but I don't know if if maybe I text you, then you're like, Oh, Zach's in on the Raiders today. Here we go. Let's go. Here comes the Raiders. 
And then shortly after that, the Chiefs uh, stood up and did what they do. And we know Kansas City has a really good defense this year. I won't say great. Offensively, they're still figuring it out. I'm not going to sit here and say the Chiefs are back after putting up some points in the second half up against the Raiders. But you did have a lot of guys get on the stat sheet. And still, even with Kansas City not being this unstoppable team this year, they're still one of the best teams in the NFL. So I put them in at number four. Uh, Going into number three, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Big test this weekend for the 49ers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles in what's going to be a hostile environment in South Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field. These two teams, they do not love each other, and there's a lot of animosity between these two teams, something that's rare now in all the sports. But the 49ers, they went through a stretch where for three weeks they lost games, and ever since getting healthy with Debo coming back, Trent Williams coming back, McCaffrey getting healthier. They've gone back to being this unstoppable force that we thought they were right before the start of the season. In at number two, it is the Baltimore Ravens. I know that the Baltimore Ravens are a team where you look at them and you say their defense is great. Offensively, how big of the the impact is it going to be losing Mark Andrews? But then Lamar Jackson's just playing some really solid football right now. And there's a good case, regardless of what the numbers say. Some people don't think his numbers are good enough. But there's a good case for Lamar Jackson to win the MVP uh, this year. So you take a glance at the uh, Baltimore Ravens who beat the Chargers 20-10. to 10. Uh, They got safe flowers in the end zone twice, one in the ground, one through the air. You just got to find one of those weapons to break out each and every week. And you got a good chance as long as the great eight does stay healthy. And then at number one, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. They keep on playing these close games, but they keep on winning. They are 10-1, and and now it's the biggest game of their season up against the San Francisco 49ers. So I put the Cowboys in at 5, the Chiefs at 4, the 49ers in at 3, the Ravens just in front of them at 2, and then the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles in at number 1. Stuart Kovacs, speak now or forever hold your peace. What about a team that is 8-3 but maybe hasn't beaten a lot of the good teams they've played, the Miami Dolphins? Well, you just said it. They're a really damn good team. I think they are... Not as complete as the Dallas Cowboys. So I judge them on who the fifth team is. Cowboys and Dolphins are similar because they both beat up on the bad teams. They can't beat the great teams. I think the Dallas defense is better than the Miami defense, especially with the Phillips injury uh, now, which is a big loss for them. So that's why the Dolphins are on the outside looking in. Another 8-3 team in the AFC, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Picking up momentum, picking up steam. I'm still concerned, though, in their two biggest games of the season. And it was a good win for them up against the Texans, even though they almost blew it at the end of that game, uh, was a ball just clearing the crossbar away from going to overtime. But for Jacksonville, it wasn't that they didn't just show up or they lost the game up against Kansas City or up against the 49ers. It was their offense put up nine points and three points in those games. So I think they're a good team, but I'm still concerned about what they do in a big spot. Because it's one thing to like lose a big game, but to not have your offense show up at all is a problem. But I will say, you look at last week when they won a game, Josh Allen this year in these big games on the defensive side of the ball shows up. He had two games earlier in the season with three sacks each, and over the weekend he had two and a half sacks. And then finally in the NFC, a team that had a uh, struggle last Thursday on Thanksgiving, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I I hate to say it. Two weeks ago... They were lucky to come back against the Chicago Bears. They were never in control up against the Green Bay Packers. I still think the Lions are a damn good team, but I'm reevaluating them. Where 
Last week, I said they were the third best team in the AFC. Now I got to go with the drama Dallas choking Cowboys. So, Dan Campbell, you won earlier in the week when you were basically saying turkey's overrated and you don't do turkey on Thanksgiving, but then you lost on Thanksgiving. And you did a disservice to all of us uh, turkey truthers just telling you that turkey isn't all that good because we needed to go praise one of our guys and go get a victory on Thanksgiving, but you weren't able to do that on what they call turkey day. All righty, let's go to college football. In at number five, it's the Texas Longhorns. They went into Tuscaloosa in week two. They beat Alabama by 10 points. They only have one loss on the season. It was a close one to Oklahoma. They'll play for the Big 12 championship game up against Oklahoma State on Saturday. Four, this may be the hottest team in the country, and they do have a loss to their resume, and they lost to Washington. But ever since losing to Washington, Oregon has just been an absolute machine, and the coach of the Oregon Ducks, Dan Lanning, will actually join us on the show tomorrow. And Bo Nix could win the Heisman Trophy. Right now, I would say he's the favorite. In at number three, it's Washington. They keep on playing these close games, but they keep on winning them. Kalen DeBoer is one of the finest coaches in the country, and this Michael Penix Jr. story has been phenomenal, where he was at Indiana, what he's been able to do the last two years at Washington. In at number two, it is the Michigan Wolverines. I told you all throughout the year, you know, I'm actually annoyed with myself. I didn't put Ohio State in the top five outside of like the first week or two of the season until last week where I said, okay, I'll put them in the top five begrudgingly and I put them in at five. But all throughout the year, uh, Michael Fry was in on the, the chat on YouTube and he was like, oh, you're being disrespectful to the, to the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I said, Mike, I love you. Thank you for listening to the show every day. But you know it and I know it in a big game. You're going to have Kyle McCord and crying day come up small. And that's what happened. Because Kyle McCord had two uh, just egregious interceptions in the game. And the difference between Michigan and Notre Dame, where the two opponents were for uh, for Ohio State, Notre Dame drops that football that should have been a pick and where you should have had your first loss of the season. Michigan does not. Uh, and Michigan didn't even play all that great up against Ohio State. And for the most part, they were still in control of that game. And they never allowed Ohio State to have the lead in that contest. And in number one, it's the Georgia Bulldogs. And I don't think... Much else needs to be said. Back-to-back national champs, and they're still undefeated. So Texas in at five, Oregon four, Washington three, Michigan two, and Georgia in at one. Stuart Kovacs, speak now forever. Hold your peace. All right, the team that has a chance to win the SEC title game, Alabama. I thought about it, and Alabama's been on the rise the last few weeks, and they just pulled it out up against Auburn. They had an incredible comeback in that third quarter up against Tennessee. Milrow has been significantly improved as a quarterback, and that defense is lethal. But I can't have them jump Texas when Texas beat them back in week two. The committee may, and they may do that on Sunday. So far, they haven't. But I can't have Bama jump Texas until they beat Georgia, and we'll see if that will transpire on Saturday afternoon. All right, the team that was on the other hand of the big game, Ohio State. <laughs> Go a little Dr. Evil on you. Kyle McCord and Ryan Day. That's why they're not in the top five. And if it took me so long to put them in the top five, and then they lose the one week I finally put them in the top five, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. And if those folks from, from Ohio State find a way to back their way into the college football playoff, which we'll get to coming up later this year, they should, they should refuse the invite to the Final Four. Man, three years in a row, after all that smack talking that Ryan Day did and all that crying that he did, you have now lost to Michigan. 
Finally. And then finally, the, the team that is ranked fourth in the college football playoffs, the Florida State Seminoles. Yeah, and I picked them before the year to win the ACC. I love Mike Norvell. Uh, this is going to be a tricky game. The spread's only two and a half against Louisville. I think they're begging to take Florida State, and it wouldn't surprise me if they lose this weekend. I know that it, I'll say this about Florida State. They win on Saturday. You can't leave an undefeated ACC champion out of the playoff. They deserve to go in. But without having Jordan Travis, it makes me put them outside of the top five in these rankings for this segment. But I will say, you win this weekend, you take care of business against Louisville, you are going to get into the college football playoff, and you should. All right, that's Take 5 Wednesday on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Once again, my top five teams in the NFL, Dallas at five, Kansas City in at four, San Francisco three, Baltimore two, and the Eagles in at one. In college football, Texas five, Oregon four, Washington three, Michigan two, and the Georgia Bulldogs in at number one. We'll take a break. When we come on back, we will update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. We call that segment the News Brief. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. All righty, let's go to Brock Heward on the Brock and Salk show on Seattle sports. He says this transfer portal period will be nuts. The next six, seven days and the amount of free agent dollars thrown around right now in college football with the portal opening next Monday. Yeah. Like you think the coaching changes and all this stuff's interesting? Uh-uh. Mm. Wait till you see where in, you know, <laughs> I heard he ends up going. Let's just say I heard from one source and a pretty dialed in one. Cam Ward has 10 seven figure deals waiting for him. He has 10 different deals from around the country that will pay him seven figures to come be their quarterback. That is... How ludicrous is college football right now? 
And here's the craziest part about that. I- I've interviewed Cam Ward before. He was once a zero-star quarterback. And now he's going to be making millions of dollars in college football when he transfers this year and in this offseason from Washington State. And not only that, I heard Matt Rule do a press conference. It was either earlier today or yesterday where he said to get a good quarterback now in college football, you got to be willing to pay anywhere from one to two million dollars. Now, I could sit here and say, oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, this is nonsense. But I don't believe that's the case because college football prints money. And for a while, legally, everyone was getting a piece of the pie, but the players. So the players are the one that are putting in the hard work and the players are the one that are entertaining us on the field. I don't have a problem for a damn second with them making money. And I remember when I was in college, like I was able to make money off my ability. Wasn't a lot, but I was able to do reports right here on this network for CBS Sports Radio when they needed a reporter at a Temple football game for Axe uh, Ion College football show. And they would only pay me like 50 or 100 bucks. But for a college kid, that was great beer money. You know, when you're doing a little puff, puff pass, that was a good cheesesteak money late at night. So I was able to make money off my ability. So why couldn't a college kid make money off their ability on the sports field? And I remember I got Deion Dawkins and Hassan Reddick, their first ever autograph deal. And I had to wait until they declared for the draft and they weren't going back to college. And at the time, I forget what it was. It was a few thousand dollars to each of them. But when you're a college kid, that's a lot of money. And they couldn't make any money legally while in college. They had to wait until after college. So now you get this opportunity to benefit off your name, image, and likeness. And here's the other part of the conversation. Just because you're a great college player doesn't mean you're going to turn out to be anything in the pro level. Look how many great college players that we had that did jack in the pros. So sometimes your window to make money is in college and you shouldn't be held hostage of making that money just because of some outdated and archaic system. So I'm glad uh, people have changed there. Here is Mike Tomlin and his superstar, TJ Watt. Not only um, for the defense, but for our football team. What he does, the level of production. I mean, let's be honest, like, TJ is the best defensive player on the planet right now. And I see the lengths that people go through to minimize his impact on the game. None of those things slow down the train that we all know is coming. He's a stud. And the same uh, people that are in Cleveland could say the same about Miles Garrett. Hope uh, his health is going to be fine. But those are, I got to think, the two best defensive players in football. T.J. Watt and then also Miles Garrett. And you're going to have a lot of noise with now this pick six record for Deron Bland to win Defensive Player of the Year as well. But I think it's still going to be either Watt or Garrett. Let's go to Hugh Jackson on being fired by Grambling State after only two seasons. This was on the Off Script Live podcast. You have to give it three years. When you come in the first year, you don't want to walk in and run all the players out. And I would have felt it was warranted if this year looked like the first year. Absolutely. I think this year you can see the turning of the program. and But you could see that the building blocks were there. And so I think it was really ready to take off. But if you want to build something for sustainability, it takes time. It does not happen overnight. Now, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. I know that Hugh Jackson gets clowned a lot because he was uh, not successful as an NFL head coach. I've got to know him a little bit 
throughout the years. But he's not wrong. Like, ideally, when you're building something, and I don't know much about the Grambling State football program, to be fair here. When you're building, though, a program, first year, it's a wash. Year two, improve. And then year three, you got to go take a big step. And in the NFL, I know it's not the NFL, but I like to say go contend for a playoff spot. That doesn't always happen, though. A lot of times in sports, we aren't patient. Here is uh, Charles Barkley. (laughs) This is early. Inside the NBA on TNT, he says the Warriors are done. As I told y'all, this team is cooked. Y'all thought I was crazy. They got away last year because Steph went crazy in game seven. Sacramento should have beat them. Steph, he going to start slowing down too. They got an old team. Everybody slows down. He's not going to be able to continue to do that because those other guys aren't the same either. They're older. This team is cooked. They're not a contender. And everybody's I was like, dude, it's nothing personal. Clay's not the same guy. Draymond's not the same guy. Wiggins has never been that guy. One thing I know about old people, they just get older. <laughs> I don't think he's wrong. But it's how do you determine being cooked? Like, do I anticipate the Warriors to be in the NBA Finals this year, the Western Conference Finals? No, I don't. But will they be in the playoffs? Depending on where you determine what the playoffs are, yeah, I do. I think they'll be a top eight team. I know right now they're 10, but you also have the added luxury of the ninth and 10th spot being thrown into the playoff picture and the playoff mix with this dopey play-in tournament that Spineless Silver did create in the association where, yeah, no one cares about a regular season product. Let's reward the teams that haven't won enough games and extend their season even more. Uh, but yeah, Clay Thompson's not the same player anymore. Unfortunately, injuries have caught up to him. Draymond Green is not worth the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore. And the last few years, even though Seth is still incredible, he's dealt with a bunch of injuries as well. Let's go to Jason Kidd. He wants everyone in the media to be positive. Listen up. You're not making a big deal about it this year because it's going good, right? So write some positive I just asked you a question. And I'm giving you a answer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm t- you guys, you know, there's all right to write positive stuff. People will read your positive <laughs> You don't always have to be negative, right? Like, it's, it's just the world's already negative enough, right? So let's see some positive stuff. Making it a lot easier to do that this year. Well, uh, we're only into this year. We can't go back to last year, right? Like, that's the problem. Have a good night. I don't know about you, Stu. He sounded like he was uh, maybe enjoying himself a little bit too much. Very much so. He may sound like uh, Delta 9 Brian on the YouTube chat when uh, 420 hits. He sounded really relaxed, really mellow, really calm. You know, this guy Cody in California used to call me on the weekend overnights when I did the weekend overnights many years ago. And he would always call me. I'd be like, Cody in California, what's happening? He'd be like, Zach, I'm chilling like a villain. Jason Kidd sounds like he was chilling like a villain. I would always ask Cody what he was uh, eating. And he once said he was having brisket nachos, which sounds absolutely delicious. And there was one phone call of Cody who he was calling and he goes, I got to run. He goes, my food's burning. And he was on hold for a long time. So I wondered, when he was on hold for like an hour, did he put that food in an hour ago and then he realized he got sober in the phone call and realized the food was burning and maybe the fire alarm was going off in his house. But Jason Kidd, he he sounded very, very mellow here. Let's go to Jay Will on ESPN last night for the Alabama game. 
Uh, Jay Will rips Alabama basketball fans, courtesy of ESPN. What's the point of playing at home if it's not going to have a home court advantage? Yeah. Like, this doesn't feel like a home court advantage at all for Alabama. The place is not packed. The fans don't seem to be engaged. It seems to be more like a tennis match. And by the way, Clemson has been taking the air out of the building. Also, Angel in the YouTube chat, he got very annoyed with me uh, yesterday when I was talking about college basketball. And I'm and how I said, even though I love college basketball, most college basketball fans don't actually start to talk and care about college basketball until February or even early March when the tournament starts or when conference championship starts. And Angel's like, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. All these stadiums around the country in college basketball are sold out each and every night. Really? Did you just hear Jay Will there? He wasn't happy. There was barely any fans in the building. All righty. Uh, let's go to former NFL MVP Cam Newton. He was uh, on his podcast, the 4th and 1 podcast, and this is what he had to say about who he believes should be the next head coach of the Panthers. Knowing what I do know, he's hoping that he can, he can land Bill Belichick. That right there will be a win, 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 win for David Tucker. The thing that I know would be the enticing lure to it is because Tepper will give him everything that he would need. And okay. also that will allow Belichick to say, you know what, things didn't work Get out, out of the here. way. Yeah. Now I can show you I can do it somewhere else. Whew. David Tepper and Bill Belichick. We played a clip yesterday of David Tepper saying, Everyone can make the decision in the room and can voice their opinion. But ultimately, what I say goes. Where he was talking about how he somehow said all five of the people in the decision-making pro uh, process were unanimous about Bryce Young. But ultimately, said all five of those guys could have said C.J. Stroud, but I have the ability to get the final say and get the word and make the decision, and he could find a way to usurp those other five people, even if it's the majority. Belichick, who is controlling and deserves to be controlling with what he's won in this league, wants to manage everything. I would think Bill Belichick would get fed up with David Tepper in about two and a half seconds. And that would not be a long-lasting marriage. And also, Belichick needs to go somewhere where there's established talent. Belichick's not getting any younger. Belichick's not going somewhere on the Hugh Jackson plan that he was talking about earlier in this segment where you want three years. Belichick's got to go win now. Guy's 71, 72 years old. Like, go to the Bills. Well, he won't go to the Bills. But go to the Chargers, right? Go somewhere with some talent that's established. Can't go to a place like Carolina where they have nothing outside of a, a quarterback that, yeah, I still think can be good, but you have nothing around him. That, that would be stupid if Belichick winds up in Carolina and wouldn't be a fit. All right, that's a news brief. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. When we come on back, we got to talk about Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams says it's a game-time decision as to if he will declare for the NFL draft. Does anyone actually believe him? We'll discuss on the other side. Update time first. Here's the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All righty, we're paying attention to the transfer portal. Just real quickly, I was reading this during the break. Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback, who had a, a good season. He is uh, getting targeted by Notre Dame. Imagine that for uh, Marcus Freeman. Last year, you got Sam Hartman, who had a tremendous career at Wake Forest. And now you could go get Riley Leonard as well, who's playing some good football for Duke. Duke uh, loses their coach, Mike Elko, who is now the head coach of one of the biggest Colts in college football and one of the more cringeworthy fan bases in college football in uh, Texas A&M. I also did see that KJ Jefferson is entering the transfer portal. He'll be a hot commodity. He, he's done a good job at Arkansas with uh, Pittman as his coach. Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami quarterback in the transfer portal as well. We talked about Cam Ward earlier, the report that he has like 10 offers already of $1 to $2 million uh, to go join a new program. And uh, my guy from Temple, Kurt Warner's son, EJ Warner, is in the transfer portal. And as much as I love my alma mater, I can't blame him. Uh, that football team just stinks. And EJ Warner has had had some uh, record-breaking seasons at Temple. And uh, he's he's a short quarterback, small quarterback. But that guy could throw the football. And he just needs a, a better team. You do wonder, though, when these guys leave. Like, a lot of times people transfer, they have great success stories. Like, Look at Bo Nix. Time was up at Auburn. Last two years at Oregon. Has been a superstar. Could win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. At Indiana. Can never stay healthy. Winds up at Washington the last two years. He's been sensational. But then there's like the story of Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders was in a really good spot at Oklahoma State. And look at what happened. Oklahoma State loses Spencer Sanders to the transfer portal. And Oklahoma State's playing for a Big 12 championship still this weekend. Spencer Sanders, anyone heard about him this season? He was the backup. He transferred and was a backup at Ole Miss because Jackson Darts played some really good football. And it's one of those things where you always have a reason why you want to transfer. Some of it's money-based. Some of it is maybe you don't like the coach. You don't like the program. You want something new. But this is life. Like, you make decisions. I know sometimes people say, oh, how do these kids handle the money? And I'm not saying that's not an important conversation. It is. And are they making the right decision or is it all money-based? But that's what life is. Like, that's why we, we all go to college. Like, you go to college to learn. And sometimes in college, and hey, I could look back when I was in college to where I am now, sometimes you make the right decisions, sometimes you make the wrong decisions. But it's not just college, it's life. Like, you don't need to go to college for that. In life, sometimes you make decisions that are really good decisions. Other times you make bad decisions. Sometimes they can be very costly. Or 
it's a bad decision that you stumble and you find a way how to navigate and run through this thing that we call uh, the game of life. But for Spencer Sanders, it's a shame because at Oklahoma State, there was a moment early last year where I thought he had an opportunity to go win the Heisman this year. You know, last year. And he was a dark horse Heisman kind of candidate. And had a solid season at Oklahoma State and then had a good career at Oklahoma State and then goes up, I'm going to transfer. And goes to Ole Miss. And when he transferred, to be fair, at Ole Miss, everyone was like, whoa, like him and Lane Kiffin, they're going to put up a lot of points. And then Jackson Dart was in there like, oh, what about me? Hello, guys. I'm still here. Jackson Dart wins a job, and you don't see much of uh, Spencer Sanders this year. So uh, we'll see where these guys do land. But uh, Riley Leonard, I guess that's the way that you – it's kind of like draft night. <laughs> They're targeting where it can't be official yet. But Pete Thamel said, expect Notre Dame to target Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard. He just entered the NCAA transfer portal. It may be easier to say who is in the transfer portal rather than who is in the uh, transfer portal. All righty, let's get to what Caleb Williams had to say. So Caleb Williams doing an interview with the LA Times, and Caleb Williams says it's a game-time decision. He has until mid-January to declare for the NFL draft. Does anyone believe that Caleb Williams is going back to USC? Like, look at the emotion that Caleb Williams displayed and how he was in tears because USC didn't only have a disappointing season. They had a bad season. You know, I always thought that USC wasn't going to reach where they wanted to go this year because Lincoln Riley did just the dumb thing, and that was being loyal to someone that he loved, even though everyone knew it was the bad decision to be loyal to him and keeping Alex Grinch as your defensive coordinator. But USC finished the season with five losses. Caleb Williams individually had a really good season, but you could just tell that team was nowhere close to being a Pac-12 title contender, let alone a contender for the college football playoff. And it was kind of a sad scene. I know a lot of people like said, oh, how dare you show that emotion publicly? How, how dare you like jump into the stands and cry in your family's arm? Like That stuff didn't bother me. But you could see how taxing and how emotionally wearing this season was on Caleb Williams. But through all that, Williams is this generational talent. I know there are a contingency of people now that are saying Drake May is the better quarterback. And you're allowed to say that. But the presumed number one overall pick all throughout the year, and really for the last two years, when he won the Heisman last year, was Caleb Williams. Like, I don't think Caleb Williams is all of a sudden now going to say, I need to run it back one more year with USC. And I need another year of Lincoln Riley. And I need to find a way to punt on the NFL for another year. And he can make a ton of money, made a ton of money this year, make a ton of money next year if he wants to go back to college. But if if you are the presumed number one overall pick, why would you go back to college? I think that's a risky game. I think that's a slippery slope because you never know what happens. You don't. And what would be the reason why you're going back? Is it to avoid a certain team? That team could be picking number one the next year. Do you just love college and you don't want to be an adult yet and you want to still go through the college experience? If that's the case, you know, God bless you. There's nothing I could say to that. But I think this is just to play into the drama. It's to play into the hype train. Not that he needs to keep his name in the news, but right now not a lot of people are talking about Caleb Williams. We all know what he is capable of accomplishing, but USC season's over. You're not going to play in the bowl game. Like, maybe he does, maybe not. I have no clue. 
Is anyone caring about where USC plays in a bowl game this year? <laughs> if it's not the college football playoff, I don't give a rat's ass. I don't. So I don't think that Caleb Williams is actually shaking in his boots saying, yeah, one day I wake up, I want to return to USC. And then the next day, uh, I want to go to the NFL. And I respect he has a long relationship with Lincoln Riley. He he does. You know, they were together at Oklahoma. Now they're, they were together at USC. But even if you fell to the second quarterback and people fell in love with Drake May, you're still going to the top three of the draft. You don't pass up that opportunity to go back to another year of college. So I would be shocked. I, I can't believe it for a single second that Caleb Williams is still tossing and turning and there is an opportunity that he's actually considering going back to USC. Like, I wouldn't even say it's 99.9% that he's going to the NFL. It's 100%. It's 200%, 300%. And if he does go back to college, you know what I think it is? I think him going back to college says to me that maybe there is something to like how there's been some reports about this mystique of the Williams camp and the handling of the Williams camp. And maybe the people advising him aren't advising him the right way. Because it seems pointless to me with what we know now why he would consider going back to college. So I don't buy it. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Mike, the situation from the Jersey Shore has a book out, and it's called Reality Check, Making the Best of the Situation, How I Overcame Addiction, Loss, and Prison. It's by Mike Sorrentino, who's the situation in the Jersey Shore. He was supposed to join us in about 20 minutes. Well, he's he is uh, here early. So when you come into uh, my house, when you come into my den, my studio, I don't like to keep you waiting. And also, Mike, the situation, he loves to eat, and we don't have any food here. So that's a problem. Like, we can't even offer him some chicken tenders or something. So I don't want him to, like, spend, like, $1,000 on our uh, great uh, vending machines here at uh, CBS Sports Radio. So we will uh, take a break, and we will move Mike up early, and we will talk to Mike the Situation from the Jersey Shore, one of my favorite shows of all time, in about five minutes when the Zach Gelb Show returns after these short messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 